Okay, we have audio here now, so I believe... Are we alive? We are live. Are you sure? Jonathan, if you are listening, please let us know that you can hear us. I'm going to, before we get too far into this, I'm going to pull up the app and see that we are actually broadcasting. But just in case we are, welcome to Arcade Repair Tips, live from the Texas Pinball Festival. I thought it was podcast repair tips. (laughs) Or that as well. We'll say who this was that interjected in just a moment. Rusty, talk for just a moment. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Repair Tips. Eric and Rusty's live broadcast. This as is we going st- off the rails, isn't it? <laughs> it has gone. We've already did 15 minutes worth of broadcast <laughs> that nobody heard. <laughs> it's because we didn't get it signed in right. But we're good. It's called. We're having a great time. It's a. We're not. I'm not even. We're not even drinking, dude. No. No, we're not. It, it's just the way it is. Crank, but we okay, do have, there we go. Here we have some feedback. Crank up the volume just a little bit. I'm going to apologize ahead of time if the ambient noise is a little bit too much. We decided to do this on the floor of the show. These microphones should not pick up too much of the background noise. Uh, Jonathan, I might rely on you. I'm going to crank up my volume just a little bit and yours as well. And there we go. Testing one, two. I'm back online again. All right. So let, let's pretend that we're doing this for the first time, Russ. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> and since we're... Since we have two celebrities with us right now, two arcade celebrities there with us, I guess we should ask who wants to talk first. And he's got a Since you're right next to the microphone, oh, we get to share you, the mic. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yep. Just just keep it keep All it right. close to you and don't yep. move it around too much. I'll try not to move so, it around. Show him how to do that again. <laughs> yeah, that was a yeah. little bit creepy there. Uh, whoa. <laughs> it's a good thing this isn't on, on video, right? I'm just going to talk to Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what exciting news your company had today? Uh my name is Charlie Emery. I am the co-owner, along with my lovely wife, KT Emery, of Spooky Pinball, LLC. And today we announced Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. We, well, we didn't announce it. Not four hours ago, right? We actually showed it for the first time. It's over in our booth being played right now. There's a couple of games. And we also announced that Bowen Cairns is now an employee of Spooky Pinball. The best pinball player in the world. Now, I know that's debatable. But he is, in fact, the best pinball player in the world. The man blew up nine reactors in front of a room full of people today. I mean, hey, on the spot, and the glass was on? It was on. I mean, it was amazing. This dude is, he's literally, like, talking to you while he's, while he's playing. destroying the hardest game in pinball. But you set it up on the easy level no. for him, right? No, no. Scott Denisi actually wrote code for this game to make it harder for Bowen to beat it. That's impressive. Is yeah. there video of this? Is there going to be a video posted? Uh, I'm sure it's all over Pinside right now. I have no idea. <laughs> but that's not the real focus of what happened today, right? The unveiling and and of course this is a this is not a visual medium we're using, but Charlie has that's his... That's good because I look really goofy right now in the Alice Cooper makeup and top hat. <laughs> I think you look pretty sexy there, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's what we want to talk about right now, the new Alice Cooper, that new Alice Cooper pinball machine. Yes, Nightmare Castle. 
And who was the designer for that machine? Uh, he was a guy named Charlie Emery. He's really difficult to work with, but we thought we could secure him uh, fairly cheap. So, yes, I, I did that. You sorry. D- you were the, I, the you designed everything on that game. You're welcome or sorry, depending on your view of the game. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I hope you, it's good. Were you happy with the result? All right. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, yes, I was also the designer of the Rob Zombie game. We had some top-level dudes come in and play this thing, and more than one even, and uh, kind of critique things, help improve. Uh, I, I, I have fairly uh, thin skin. I'm not thick-skinned, but uh, I took the abuse. We made changes. We got it better, and by golly, I think she's a pretty darn good game. A very positive response from everyone I've talked to. So and, far, it's been amazing. And you have two machines there, two Alice Cooper machines. Yep. And the lines are pretty deep for that game. So Yes, they are. Why you all, did you only bring two? Uh, because it's really hard to make pinball machines, and uh, two about killed me. Three would have absolutely gotten the job done. So when you so we, let's talk about production. When do you see a good rolling out? You know, this is stuff I probably should have brought up in the seminar, but I was like looking at this room completely full of people and nervous as all hell. So we decided it would be best if I shut the hell up and got off the stage and turned them loose to let them play it. We will begin production very early summer we're kind of aiming for late may early june cool Uh, we will open up sales i believe it's march 26 is the last monday of the month might as well say that okay uh if i got the date wrong i apologize but it's the last monday of the month we will open up sales it is 500 units and that is it there are no remakes in your future if you no remakes buy it it now well not necessarily buy it now I, i trust me i appreciate it if you do but Think about it. Make sure you're 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 enjoying your decision. Uh, purchase Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle if you are so inclined, and we appreciate your support. So, but, how uh, much how much did y'all get to visit with Alice Cooper as you did this? Uh, we took the game to him for final approvals last two, Tuesday. Got to spend the entire day backstage. It was absolutely incredible. But uh, that was the third time that we have spent a day with Alice Cooper. So, it was yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Is that that's pretty intense. Well. For all the headaches and uh, stress that pinball may cause, those days are kind of few and far between. But, yeah, when they happen, they are amazing. Yeah. So, But Alice is absolutely incredible. The dude is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met, rock star aside. The, he's just awesome. And we're going to take a game to him and move his Dr. Dude to his daughter's house. Oh, that's sweet. He's just going to give up Dr. Dude and just play himself? He's had Dr. Dude for 20 years, and my apologies to Greg and Dennis, who are wonderful friends. But but if Alice wants an Alice game in his house and uh, Dr. Dude at his daughter Calico's house, we're doing that for him. Well, that's now, pretty cool. Of course, cool. TNA, Total Nuclear Annihilation, that's almost a tongue yeah. twister. Game is, of the year, mind you, as of today, according to Pinball News, and the giant trophy they handed Scott Denisi. Wow. Boom. We but, don't suck. <laughs> you're going to you're going to be producing that game for Ever. who knows how long. Ever. So you're you are equipped to make both TNA and Alice Cooper at the same time, uh, or not, you will be we'll equipped. Figure it out. No, we've honestly made two games uh, before. We have done uh, Dominoes and Jetsons. We did Rob Zombie and Dominoes when that first started. Uh, we've done two games on the line before. This will happen again. It's just uh, there's some logistics that need to be worked out. We have new employees coming in right now. As soon as we get back from Texas Pinball Festival, there's one guy that's going to work while I'm dead. 
and sleeping from a 15-hour truck ride home with four guys and a dog. But, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out, man. It's 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 not a huge concern, but, uh, you know, the last seminar is about to begin. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> and uh, we just love the ambient back noise. That's what this is, is all about, just listen to the ambient. Well, Ed said he wanted to be on the podcast. I didn't know he meant this way. <laughs> well, he's yeah. doing it the easy way. He just picks up the mic and boom, I'm all <laughs> over the building. And he's on. No, but we will have uh, Alice Cooper and Rob Z- or excuse me, Alice Cooper and Total Nuclear Annihilation on the line at the same time. How many ga- how many games on average per day do you produce? We're right now doing two Total Nuclear Annihilations per day. But we will obviously have to pick that up a notch. These yeah, are you, good problems man, to have, but there's still problems, people. We'll solve them. The problem is that you keep producing such good games that you can't keep up with the demand. Uh, we find that is way better than the alternative of producing bad games, <laughs> and uh, nobody wants them. Yeah, there's a few examples of those around, that uh, those games that really didn't go over that well. <laughs> and then people are still playing them, believe it or not. But it's all pinball, man. It's all fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is. Y'all have got some great games over there. They're really nice-looking games. Yeah, I, I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to see all these new pinball manufacturers doing well. Yes. I mean, you know, we looked 10 years ago at pinball almost dead yeah. to now five good, solid manufacturers going. You Are being we one of the, the, we're one of the five? You are now. Woo! Congratulations. When you're, when you're producing two games at a time, dude, you're up there, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's a dumb idea. You shouldn't do that, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. We have contracts and stuff with Alice, and uh, we really didn't expect TNA to take off the way it has, but it's a very good problem now. Now, you don't want to give us the inside scoop as to what the next spooky game is going to be, do you? Oh, absolutely. Uh we stole Steve Ritchie from Stern, and it is, in fact, My Little Pony. I know it's a dream theme that Steve has been talking about for at least 10 years. You heard it here first. Yep, it's happening, man. My Little Pony. Yep, <laughs> yep. Designed by Steve Ritchie. <laughs> Rock did you, did you see the unicorn? I that- did. I did, yes. Yes, and you're supposed to Twitter or something. It's something my son would understand, but I don't. <laughs> Well, my daughter will be absolutely thrilled. You and my son will be absolutely thrilled that you're doing My Little Pony. Well, Steve Ritchie's doing it. We're just going to manufacture it for We're Steve because it. we know this is a passion project that Steve has been desperate to get out there for at least a decade. <laughs> now, one of your cohorts is sitting in the DeLorean that no one's allowed to sit in, yeah, right? He's happy just to be sitting at this point. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if we can quite understand his accent, but. Yeah, sure, it would be nice to. Uh, uh, do, do we want to do it like this? Do we want to have both of y'all? Or yeah, howdy y'all, well, David? Howdy, why don't you come y'all. closer to? I mean, we're right. halfway across the floor as it is. G'day. I can speak southern knees better than this guy. Now, David and I are both. Yeah, you got. He has his captain's hat on now. Uh. David and I are both from Houston. Although your accent doesn't sound much like a person from Houston. Uh, I'm deep south, buddy. Deep <laughs> south. Adelaide, South Australia. <laughs> what do you what what do you do for spooky? What I do for spooky what I do for spooky is uh, I do the animations for them. And that's pretty much about it. So uh, and, and he's also my spiritual advisor. He keeps me from uh, jumping off the roof about once a week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's a lot of psychology involved in this job. When did you start with Spooky? Did you work on uh, 
the yes uh, Rob Zombie. So basically, we actually met for the first time in t- at TPF. Yes, we did. And uh, Ben, ben had, introduced us. Yeah, he's like Ben goes. You need to talk to Charlie. <laughs> so uh, that's well, how he we didn't met. say it like that. He said you need to talk to Charlie. Yeah, there you go. Um, and that was basically uh, Rob Zombie was on the way, and yep. uh, they needed someone to help with the dots. And I've had such a lucky career in the pinball <laughs> history, and uh, I was like, I'd rather work on a game that actually comes into production. So, and I'm a horror guy, so I mean, it just felt right. Yeah, I think I think you're big into you, like oh. I see you with the haunted mansion shirt all the time. You're yes. you like all the that type of stuff. Yes. And what do you, I would really kind of like to know a little bit about the process uh, that you use. Do you take like an existing video and transform it, or do you kind of do everything from scratch as far as the animation? So or is it, it a combination it's of both? a combination of, of everything. I mean, like when we're working with the display size on uh, Rob Zombie, Dominoes, and Jetsons, you're only dealing with very small pixels. So honestly, you have a lot of leeway. In fact, I did a bunch of animations for Rob Zombie in HD. So the original idea behind that was do it full HD and then just down convert it down to to fit on the game. But because it's so small, the, actually the image would get muddy. So we had to change that process. So so there's actually a lot of Rob Zombie stuff that we have in HD. So Chuck, if you want to go back and do a limited edition run of Rob Zombie in HD. Not going to happen, buddy. Okay, fair enough. We so, kind of stick to our word and stuff. That's right. So so it's basically taking assets, but it's provided by licensors or stuff like that and making that happen. Um, Alice Cooper is a different example. So basically, Jeff, Zorno must die, must be destroyed, right? Zorno. No, here's how Jeff would say it. Zorno must be destroyed. All right. So we want him. Like, He's part, not- part of this package we wanted him he's doing obviously the back glass the cabinet the plate build but it's really important to make it cohesive so we decided to employ him to create all the assets for the display so basically uh ben and me ben mainly would do we'll do sit there and we'll do all the storyboards for the modes we'll send that off to jeff he will do single pieces of the storyboards and then i would take that cut them down and then create the animation from that so, that's pretty much what we do. So he does cool things and makes them move around. That's what I heard. Exactly. Do you have a lot of things that have to go back for approval with, say, Alice himself? Uh, so, <laughs> so oh. we were spoiled rotten. With yeah. He gave you carte blanche to do whatever you wanted. We showed him concepts, and Alice was like, "I love it." Yeah, Everything within what, what an hour, he's like, "We sent him the yeah. the, the concept." video and it's like done go go for it yeah but, but we did show him rob zombie and he goes like yep. i like what you did but it needs to be for my grandkids <laughs> so you got everything figured out ahead of time how he wanted it yes. and then he was happy with the with yeah. the result yeah. yep we all we did was show him proof of concept and uh david took like uh the original marvel comic books from the 70s which john uh Spooky fan walked up and hands me a comic book today from the 1970s of Alice Cooper. He used that as the like the proof of concept, and we basically wanted the uh, the EC Comics horror style tales from the crypt, yeah. creep show, you know, yeah, has to have vault, that. Of, vault of terror, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Now yeah. I saw some pictures of you guys getting you know to talk to him in person. How many times did you have face to face interactions with him? 
Uh, me three times and me once. Yes. So was it the first time? Was it like oh wow? You know, was it kind of overwhelming? And then it becomes kind of a <laughs> ah, okay. All right, here's this just this guy. I know. I, I've told this story privately. I don't believe I've ever said it publicly. The first time we met Alice was at a, a horror convention. He was doing a signing. And uh, we walked in, and the manager's like, Alice has got 20 minutes for lunch. You're going to sit down next to him. There's going to be a chair next to him. Uh, open up your laptop. Show him the concepts, the art proofs, the sketches, all this stuff. My son is the biggest bug of the Spooky Pinball Podcast. Hi, Bug. He, uh, he's the biggest Alice Cooper fan on the planet. I mean, I thought I was a fan. This kid just, no way, forget it. He knows everything about Alice all the time. We walk in, there's one chair open next to Alice. I grab Bug, I shove him into the chair, and oh, slide man. him right over to Alice and sit across the table from him, crack the laptop, show him the sketches. My son is sitting there just shaking. Oh, my God. And I've got the photos. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Alice is, like, strangling him for fun because he's Alice, and that's what he does. And, and then he told us great stories about, like, Jack Benny and Groucho Marx. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he, Alice is an awesome dude. He, he is, is the, the Forrest Gump of the rock world. I'm he telling. is the really? nicest guy you could ever want to meet. It, you know, that's great to hear. I could, it, it's, it's, it, it, I could see that going either way. You know, I could yeah. see him, yep. you know. But that's great that he's such a such a nice person. So you're going to be taking orders when? Um. March 26th, double-check me on the calendar math there, uh, the last Monday of the March, or uh, the last Monday of the month. Of and starting production, a couple of... Uh, yeah, we're hoping two months after, but yeah. you know, a lot of that, again, depends on TNA and production uh, parts coming in on time and all that kind of stuff, so excellent. we'll do our Ex- best, man. Yeah, excellent. Okay, we're going to try to add an additional microphone here, so... <laughs> uh, let's see, I have you turned on, but... We may have to fight. Are you pushed in all I the way? I can share. I can share. One, two, three. I don't have you turned up enough. Let's see. That's Go ahead, Rusty. Let's try this again. Uh, we have to. Oh, I have to add phantom power to that one. That one. Okay. We'll, yeah. There you go. Hey, we're back over That here. is a bass drum mic. <laughs> I have been around long enough to know that that's a bass drum mic. Yeah. And I am not it's a bass. It's what we have here tonight, <laughs> so it will have to suffice. <laughs> this has been, this, it's been an adventure. You know, Unless you want to play the drums for us, then we can I, I use it for its intended that, but purpose. Let's get Bug over here. I played for like twenty years, and that kid at twelve was just killing me. Did you Did you ask Alice if you could play backup no. for him? No, I did not. <laughs> I would throw so Bug did on. Did you bring any uh, demo tapes for him to listen to? Not Say, hey a, man, I got this song. I want you to listen to. I've it. had one song on the radio in my life, and no, no, <laughs> the, the answer is no. I I was in. Uh, I was in a hair metal band when I had hair. And, and <laughs> yeah, so wait a minute. So if you lose your hair, you have to get out of the hair metal band, right? Well, yes. It was really interesting because he has his Alice Cooper top hat on. I do. Well, it's a Haunted he, Mansion top hat. That Haunted Mansion top hat. <laughs> he took his little well, hat sure off, and I went, oh, that dude has no hair. <laughs> I don't. It's true. <laughs> but I don't care. But there you go. Worst hey, things could mine, fall off your body, you know? too. Exactly right. Yep. You, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, Charlie and David, I would really like to thank you guys for stopping by and spending Absolutely. some time with us. And I don't know, maybe this will help sell one machine. <laughs> but hey, I tell you what, we've seen the pictures, we've seen the, the gang. 
it is definitely something that you got to get in. You got to play it. You got to see it. There's only 500 going to be made. 500, and that's it, man. Lots of excitement going on in the booth. Absolutely. Everybody wants to play the game. Absolutely. And can we get a premium with Alice Cooper's actual signature on it? Uh, to be determined, there may be something coming in the charity aspect that would allow that to happen. But we'll see. We'll see. That's We're still fantastic. talking about that. That's a great idea. You know what? I'd love to see that. I'd love to see a couple yep. of those games come out like that with his signatures that maybe we could auction or do something where people could really push that number up that's and really ver- help somebody important. That's a very real uh, possibility through the Solid Rock Foundation, which is something that Alice started long ago. He's a big supporter of it. Uh, they do the Christmas pudding show out there in Phoenix every single year. Uh, he gets rock stars of every level to come in and play that thing. And, uh, yeah, we'd be happy to be a part of that. And there's a chance there may be a few Alice Coopers with his name on it via Solid Rock. So you know, we'll if see. They, if they do that Solid Rock concert, put a couple of those pinball machines up on stage. Yeah. And he signs. Yep. Man, you know how much I'd, I'd bid on that? Oh, God, Slash would be all over that in five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, guys, thanks again for showing up. We really appreciate it. Anything else you want to talk about? How about a mention of your website? Yeah, it's uh, SpookyPinball.com. Uh, if you are interested in buying an Alice Cooper, it's a KT, K-K-Y-T is my wife. But the email is K-T, the letter K, the letter T, at SpookyPinball.com. And uh, Facebook is just Facebook backslash whatever something something spooky pinball you'll find us just go go search spooky pinball we will find you yeah you'll find us we're out there all right brother well thank you so much thank you thank you guys for stopping by and talking to us sure rusty you're very charming and eric you're just only a little bit creepy don't worry about it man a little bit i'm very very creepy thank you so much thank thank you guys rusty i want you to talk for a minute i need to kind of Jonathan says the audio levels look good, but I want to make sure it's posting properly. So, okay. actually, I'll let you kind of take over for. How do you find this podcast? Rusty, why don't you why don't you pick this up? Give me a second to uh, and and okay. we want to talk about how to get to this podcast. Well, of course the. <laughs> it's kind okay. of a that's a catch twenty two because if you're listening to us, you've already you've found already it. Been there, yeah. So it really doesn't. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so in order to find a podcast, if you go to Facebook. Uh, it's uh, Arcade Repair Tips. Arcade. Repair Tips. Yeah. Yep, you can find that on just Facebook. Just do a search. Okay. And then once you do, just scroll down and you'll be right okay. there. You'll see the podcast. You'll see us live. Perfect. Arcade Repair Tips at, on Twitter, Facebook, the, the actual website, arcaderepairtips.com. And it looks like everything is good because I see the, uh, let me hit this, make sure the audio is coming through. Yeah, well, I tell you what, the next guest we have, I was just completely blown away by by what I saw. I was walking through the uh, pinball festival, just walked through, looked down, saw this machine. It's a low-sitting machine. It's not a pinball machine. And I would just blow away. And I said, oh, my God, look at that. That's amazing. I want those. I want to do. So we have Mrs. Hope. Cram here today, yes. and Hope's going to tell us a little bit. Tell me what I saw, Hope. Okay, it's my favorite four-letter word, uh, <laughs> and that is, is... This is still G-rated, right? It is, it is. Pong. Yes, you heard me right, Pong. You mean like from the 70s, Pong? Absolutely. Is it like color, or is it just black and white? So what it is, it's Pong, but it's mechanical version versus video, and it's awesome. It's like playing in 3D. And I'll I'll say that 
She is correct. It is awesome. I played it last night. I was blown away by it. It was so fun. For such a simple, yes. con- simple concept, it is a lot of fun. What's old is new again. Yeah. So <laughs> so just to give the guys a visual of what we're talking about here, yes. take this Pong game and then turn it flat, make it into a cocktail table. Yes, yes. Two dials on each side so you can sit on each side of the table and you're playing Pong again. Yes. You have a paddle that moves left and right with a spinner. That's right. Each person does. You actually see this pong, this paddle, this square little box. And if you think you don't have enough room, take your cocktail, your your coffee table out of your house, replace it with this. It's about the same size as a typical coffee table, That's I would right. say. And, and it even has a, the flip up and covers over. It does. So we designed it so that it would mimic a cocktail table in a home. And on the end, there's two little uh, flaps that come up and cover the control, so it becomes a flat surface. It's awesome, and it's one player and two player yeah. in the same machine. So now, now, so imagine you've got this physical game, and you see this ball, we'll call it, yes. moving back and forth between the paddles. But this is palm. It's not a ball. It That's is right. the square pixel that's right that's moving back and forth it looks like it should roll but it doesn't it's a square pixel that's moving. exactly that is, right that is what blew me away I thought it really fun. is fun and what's been really exciting is that you know in this world of video 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 every kid that has come to our booth and every adult that's come to our booth has just really enjoyed it it's just something very different and very unique oh that it, 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 i'm just blown away by it i thought it was so cool so this how new is it? Tell us a little bit about how it okay. came about. Well, so as we all know, Pong is not new in and of itself. But a few years ago, a company in Uruguay called Calenfer um, obtained the rights from the Atari company to get the rights to produce this game, Pong, uh, worldwide. But they were, they're very good on the creative side, but didn't really have the resources or the wherewithal for the manufacturing so they approached Eunice or Universal Space, which is a company out of China. In fact, they're the large. They're very well known in the coin-op world. They're the largest manufacturer in in the world of coin-op games. So we can expect good, high-quality. Absolutely, heavy metal. absolutely. I mean, they produce games that are in every major concept around the world. And so uh, Eunice is very adept at the entire manufacturing process. So they partnered with Calenfer, and now Eunice um, is doing the the production, manufacturing, R&D, sales, marketing. And that's where I come in. So I'm one of the distributors. There's five distributors for Pong across the country, and I'm one for the Midwest. And my company is called Snag-A-Game. Say that again. Snag-A-Game. Snag-A-Game. S-N-A-G-A-Game. Snag-A-Game. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's Snag-A-Game.com cool. or sales at snagagame.com. Cool. And can you buy one right now? Are they available available right now? They are available for pre-order, pre-order right now. And we will, we're looking to be able to ship. Um, we're looking at July-ish. And I say ish because... We want to make sure the quality is good before we bring it over and deliver. So um, right now I'm looking at around July. And, you know, the good thing about bringing it to a show like this is you really get to duty test it. You get to see 
if there are going to be any problems with it. Exactly. I don't know if these are production units or they not. They are. Okay. They so are. you these know are. after, you know, 30 hours of continuous use if you're going to have a problem. Oh, no, I'm sorry. These are prototypes. These, these are, are prototypes. Are yes, yeah, production. We're actually going to have a couple production units within the next 30 days to really do some more so testing. So how are the prototypes holding up? Very well. I mean, these, these units have been at... Consumer Electronics Show, IAPA, AMOA, uh, what's that show in Florida? Free Play. Yes. I mean, they have been shipped all over multiple times. And, you know, we have to do tweaks here and there like anything. But you all are used to pinball, so you're used to that. <laughs> no. And the, and, the, and the ones you have, the prototypes you have, are they the prototypes of the home use or the prototypes of the commercial version? Home use. So we're starting with uh, the consumer home, and then later this summer we'll be launching coin-op version. And it will be a little taller because, again, this one that we have here at the show is more fashion for home coffee table. So that one will be a little higher profile as well as a little wider. And it will have coin mech, obviously, and uh, it would be perfect for bar and lounge locations as well as any arcade. You know, I think games that allow play against you know one player against another do well in a environment like a absolutely. like a bar absolutely you know, absolutely you know people want to become competitive <laughs> when yes. they're when they're at the bar so i think yeah. that's a going to it will I do well i think it's perfect for any bar location yeah yep. I, and i sort of not agree. that i'm ever in the bar <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know we we and we see that a lot we see the games that that, that there's a pinball game that everybody there's individual we like to play uh, side by you know every, uh, four players. You play one player, then he moves another player. But there's a couple of pinball machines, Joust and the NBA Link that's up front. We're going to talk about it a little bit later tonight. There, where you actually play against somebody live, you're constantly going. And those games are super, super popular. Yes, yes, so absolutely. The heads up competition. Absolutely. That's always fun. So that's it's been a lot of fun. fun. It's. I, I told somebody else earlier today that. When people walk up to our booth, two things happen. First of all, they stand there, look at it, and they smile. And I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, oh, my gosh, I used to play this back in the day. Absolutely. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing they say is, this is badass. (laughs) It is. It is. That's exactly what I was like. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. And when you look at it, it just doesn't do... Do you have videos on on your website? Yes, yes, YouTube. Go to YouTube. We also have a main Pong video uh, uh, website called pongproject.com, and you can see videos. But go on YouTube and, and Google it. And So if uh, we go on YouTube, what is the actual keyword? Because Pong, there's thousands, I'm sure, videos of Pong. So what do we have to... You know, probably that's a great question. Would Try, it be better? Maybe to go it would be better Pong to go to your website. Go to Pong, yeah, go to pongproject.com and go to the videos that way. Okay. That's going to be okay. the best. Yeah, because you've got to see this thing. You really do. It, it's quite amazing. And in about a month, my my website will be up, so I'll have those videos on as well. Oh, cool. Cool. Excellent. Anything else you want to talk about? No. I, I have to say, this is the first time we've ever exhibited here, and it's been unbelievable amazing show i mean kudos to the organizers it's been a great group of fans that have been here and to see the amount of pinball machines is unbelievable i've had so much fun looking at uh pinball machines that cover every everything it's just been really a lot of fun the oldest to the newest and everything in between it really is it really is so it's been a great show and i've already we've already signed up for next year 
Well, good, great, good. great. Fantastic. Have you heard about the Houston Arcade Expo? I'm coming to that. We'll Are be you? there. Yes. Fantastic. Bring in your yes, Fantastic. we'll be there. Pong we'll be, be there. Fantastic. That, that's, I'm excited about that. Yes. Really. Yes. Well, excellent. Well, Hope, thank you for joining us and so talking much. about your product. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great one. Yeah, thank thanks you. Thanks again, Pope. All right, Rusty, you know, we started with the, our little checklist of all the things that we wanted to talk about when we realized that our we had our audio problem. <laughs> So perhaps let's go down the list because we have another guest coming. Uh, Rusty's trying to get untangled at the moment. There we go. <laughs> yeah, we do have a couple more guests coming around, but we can certainly hit up. Which one? While, while we're waiting on that, I suppose I could turn that mic off, but let's, no, let's just leave everything. Good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. While we're waiting on the next guest, now it's going to move around <laughs> and make noise. Let's, let's go over a few of the things that we saw here at sure. the show, some of the new stuff. Absolutely. Let's see if I can read your handwriting. Oh, no, you can't read my handwriting. <laughs> Hell, it's really bad. All right. Uh, so the Houdini. The, the and Houdini pinball was here last year, That's but it was not for – it was, you know, it, it was practically a prototype at that point. I remember them saying it was not a playable game – Two days before the show, that they rushed, got some kind of temporary code in. It was playable, but it didn't have all the features. Now it's here. The game is for sale. They have complete code on it. And did have you had a chance to play I it? I have not had a chance to play the Houdini game. I, did, I didn't play it here, but I played it down at Joysticks. Uh-huh. Of course, we just lost that whole segment with Charlie, didn't oh, we? Oh, we did. I think we did. Charlie from Joysticks was here. And- Maybe we'll have to go drag him back and, and bring him back over. Anybody listening and see Charlie, grab him by the hand, bring him back over to the booth. But Houdini's a, a great game, great visual, uh, great, uh, you know, the screen on it, all the all the visual tie, the video tie-ins yeah. are really good with that game. Uh, what's the next thing we saw? The, uh, so, oh, the arcade components with the, with the, the Jamma Test Rig, which should be really good for our, our, yeah, and our you know, listeners. So this guy made a Jamma Test Rig, a complete package. So a box that has all the inputs using a couple of, what would you call those, like home console joystick, like large joystick with you know multiple buttons through a ribbon cable to a box that he made. And then, you know, has the JAMA input on it, has the output to a Sony, what they call a PVM, a personal video monitor. Yep. And it's a, so it's an entire package ready to go. If you want to start <coughs> working on JAMA, bo- you know, working on boards, you have this JAMA interface. Makes it really easy to get started so on you that. Just board, or board? to test your test your game boards that you game buy. You, buy you got a game board, you have an issues with it, you bring it, plug it into this test board. And away you go. The downside to this, and for him it's not a downside, is he, as soon as he opened his booth, he sold all of them. I did see that. <laughs> People are always, we need to test our Jamma boards. We need to know how many times. Is it the monitor? Is it the joystick? Is it? We don't know until you actually have something else that you know is solid and works and that you can plug it into. And, you know, you know the monitor's good. You know the, the test buttons are good. You know the joystick is good. So if there's anything flaky going on, it's got to be in the board. Right, right. The so, next thing that we saw was the Kingpin. We're going to jump from video games now, yeah, now to back, back to pinball. Yeah, we're going to be back and forth to King, 
Kingpin. Now, I don't know that much about Kingpin, so tell me first about the original Kingpin. The original one was Capcom. Okay, our, oh, Jonathan says, okay, as long as you have a good connection, okay, that's that. He's he's saying the audio quality is still still good. good. Uh, Capcom made games in the '90s, made pinball machines in the '90s. Like, uh, what are some of the ones? Break Shot. Um, trying to think of some of the ones they made, but they they did not make that many titles. Towards the end of their run, they made Big Bang Bar. Big Bang Bar, yeah. Very sought after pinball machine. Very sought after. And they made one called Kingpin. Now, when they originally made them, there were only about 10 of each made. Kind of like, I guess you could call them like, you know, the prototypes. They're probably or, doing the prototypes, yep. Getting them ready to come out. And they went out of, they didn't go out of business, but they quit making pinball machines. So Kingpin was, well, uh, sorry, let me, let me jump back. Big Bang Bar was remade by Illinois Pinball. Gene Cunningham back in, I don't know, about 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was a you know huge success. Of course, anybody would love How many to go did back. How make of that? Uh, about 160. Yeah, they still didn't make very many of them. Still a tough game to find. And the other one was Kingpin, which is has not been remade up until now. now. And you know, I didn't really talk to the guys to see how they did it from a standpoint of what hardware they used. Uh, but they have re- nonetheless they've reproduced it. It's it's you know supposed to be. You know, as it should, as it was made back then, somehow, some way, I'm sure. I imagine through different hardware. Yeah, yeah. And, and they would have to have the the more modern hardware. But you know, as we all know, whether it's an EM or whether it's a solid, you know, the different type, it's the gameplay on the board that really matters. Right. And and that's 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 what they've reproduced. They've reproduced the play field. They replaced all the bumpers. Now, did you get a chance to play it? No, I did not. I not for a lack of trying. They were setting up, while we were here setting up, setting up the games that you brought. I went over there. I wanted to get some pictures of it, maybe play it. They were working on it until zero hour, until, you know, right when the show was opening. So I did not get a chance to play it. Now there's a long line for it. And that's what happens. When you get a game that is just so rare that people never, we've all heard about it, but we've never seen it. Even if it's not the original game, you at least want to play it to see what the play field was like. And if I heard correctly, someone explained that it's Kingpin, it's a gangster game. Right. And you and you have people shooting and you get shot, and every time there's a shot, the flippers get If you weaker. get shot, right. If you, the player, gets get shot, shot, the flippers get weaker. Yeah. So, so as you go along and you get shot, you get weaker and weaker and you can't shoot until you lose the ball. So that's kind of cool. That's a neat concept that we hadn't seen anywhere else. Well, before I leave this weekend, I'll, I oh, will yeah, play we it. Oh, yeah, we got to get a chance to play it. Yeah. What's the next thing we saw? So, let's talk, let's say on the remakes, let's talk about Chicago Gaming. And their, uh, they are here with their Attack from Mars. Right. And with their multi... Medieval uh, Madness. Medieval Madness. Medieval remakes. Madness was the first one they remade. They had, you know, had brought that game here a few years ago. Kind of as they... I think they showcased it here, like brought it here first. Yeah. Anyway, that's been out for a couple of years. Attack from uh, Mars has been out for about a year or so now. Yeah. It's been available. Yeah, yeah. You but know, again, I, they took some really great games that they just weren't that many made and turned around and reproduced them for everybody. And we asked them, hey, what's your next game? I can't tell you that. Tell we know what it is, but... Within a month, it's going to be released. There's a lot of speculation online. We're not going to get into that. You can go yeah. online and see the speculation yourself. But 
they should be releasing the name of their next title within the next month. Yeah, you know, and Eric, this is what I find really fascinating about this game. I've been coming to the Texas Pinball Festival now for 10, 11, about 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years. I, I, I've tried at least 8 years. And before it was just bring your pinball set up and play and it's all pinballs and a few a few just uh, vendors. Maybe Marco's specialties a couple. Now we have people showing up bringing their prototypes, bringing their new games and announcing them here. Right. And this this seems to be the show to go to in the springtime to show off your new stuff. The new stuff. And that that's really what's exciting about this game and I think that brings a lot of folks here to this to this festival. And speaking of that, there's another company, Valley Dynamo. And they've got these baseball pitching and, and Valley, before we go into that, Valley slash Dynamo, they've been around forever. They yeah. make pool tables, pool tables, probably some other things, but they're famous for their pool tables, for their coin-operated pool tables. And they are in Texas. They're north of they're, I don't know if you knew that or not. I but did they, not know that. Or at least their facility where they're going to be making this new product, which is... The baseball games, the pitching bats. Now that's that's a. It's got a really interesting twist that you could have a real, true baseball game, or zombies, zombie zombies. attack, zombie baseball. You know, it's it has. Okay, back in what was that? Maybe early '90s. There was the what was the name of the uh, uh, man? What's the pitching bat made by Williams that? You know what I'm talking about, but the one that dispensed the baseball cards. Oh, Slugfest. Slugfest, thank you. Yep, got That me. was, but before that, what, maybe 70s? Yeah. Before a pit, when a pitching bat was made? Yep, yep, yep. So it's been a good, you know, Pennant 40 fever, years. I think, was the last one that went. Pitch fever? Pennant fever. Pennant fever. And then it can, so it's it, been, we could be wrong with that. but <laughs> So it's so been bad. a good 40 years since anybody's made one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So this that's kind of exciting. Yeah, and that is unique that we can see. And, of course, the, the, the games look great. They look really, really nice. They're very impressive games. Uh, so, But, yeah, that's another remake of those old games again. So the uh, Now, there's another group that's here. Uh, and, of course, folks are making announcements. Yeah, I don't know how well you can hear it, but we hear it. <laughs> we hear it. Yeah, so there's a group here, P3, multi-morphic P3 games, and they use the P-Rock to to make uh, virtual pinball games and virtual games. So you've got the big flat screens on the play field, where play field B, you have a nice big flat screen, and then you have the multiple games. And they've been around for years, uh, you know, probably six years or so. Yeah, Yeah, at least, but they are really just now ramping up to production, yeah. and they have quite a few titles over there. I'm, you know, we're not going to be saying anything that hasn't been talked about before many times. But titles where you can. Sorry, I was just getting an incoming message from Jonathan. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, titles that are you can swap the title out through software. Yeah. You know, and then you know they have this big magnetic sticker that goes on the side, and all of a sudden you have a new new pinball machine. And uh, so they they are now they're producing their games down somewhere close to us, right? Austin, San Antonio, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, but so they have a, a, a presence here of uh, you know they probably have a good twenty games over there, uh, some you know duplicate titles, yeah. but you know probably about eight eight or nine yeah. titles over there. Uh, and they're interesting games, but you know what? This really shows the difference between some of the manufacturing processes. 
in some of the manufacturing, these guys get out, they find, they get hooked up with good manufacturers, and boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, you've got uh, you've got uh, the game being produced, and here we go. And then some of them, like these guys, they've taken a while, and and it's because they're. I I would just have to speculate here that they're they're really refining what they're doing and they're getting it right and then of course trying to find the right manufacturer and doing it on on this isn't this isn't cheap stuff making a new game making a new pinball this isn't cheap especially if you're going to go commercial with it it's just not a cheap thing to do so uh those guys are coming in it's good to see them it's good to see them strong another texas company coming in strong and doing something and with four or five titles that you can swap out that's really impressive all to come in at one time so right right so continued success for them, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so, so all we're doing is what we're doing is we walked around. We talked about we saw just different vendors, you know, as we walked past them. Another vendor that was here was Pin Graphics. Pin Graphics made the side arts and the uh, I want to call them pin mirror, blades, mirror blades, mirror blades and things. And they've got uh, they, now light up light side, ones. Side, How right. did they do that, Mister Tech? EL electroluminescent. If you want to get technical, and that technology has been around for a while. You remember? You remember? Twenty years ago, the Timex watch came out with the Indiglow. Oh yeah, same thing. That was EL. That was electroluminescent. Kind of a high voltage to a. Uh, you know what? Yeah, that's that's enough. Is. That's a, yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. So so what's really cool is you get this pin arch. You stick it on the side of the inside the cat under the glass inside down the side of the cabinets where it's usually just black and now you can put these graphics along the sides and with the lit lighted lit up and it looks really really nice yeah great great stuff they have over there yeah. Yeah. you know and, so uh, now we already talked yet since we, we had the pong yeah we're looking through our list we saw pong we talked about pong uh there's a uh one of our buddies from houston brought in a couple of games that were an NBA fast break pinball machine. I've never seen these games before. Oh really? No, have they have they I, I don't know have they been around? I mean, are they It's popular? it's the, you know, the latter run of the Williams. It's the platform WPC 95 is the platform. Oh, okay. So this was kind of the late run of the Williams games before they went to the Pinball 2000 platform. Oh, okay. Oops. So probably about yeah, probably about 96, 1996 or so, 97, and basketball themed game. I've played it when you know a standalone unit. Yeah. St- standalone? What do you? As opposed to what? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what's cool about it. They are linked. They had functionality built into the game that allowed two of them to be linked together for a competitive play. I, you know, I don't think there's any. Uh, it, surely, it's there's no uh, cooperative play on that. Sorry, we're we're getting a little distracted. We have a uh, guest coming in that we're going to talk to in just a second. As soon as we quit talking about this, yeah. this this machine. So our our friend Austin brought two machines that he has linked together. Has a nice header over the top of it. You know these. Um, Linked system. I don't remember what it says. Turn, tournament, tournament play, or something tournament like that, yeah. play on top of it, and um, that's that had a pretty good reception. It's right up front as people walk in. Yeah. Well, you know, and they they wanted to put it right up front too because it is kind of a unique game to see. And this is exactly what we were talking about a while ago when we said about how people want to play competitive games. They want to be able to play head to head. Except you're standing side by side and you're watching it. 
and you shoot baskets and you have defenders on the other one that you can guard the guy from making shots. Uh, you know, you, you can play multiplayer on a pinball machine, but you're not playing at not the, the same, same time. time. Exactly. So that really brings in a whole new component to the uh, to it. Let's quit talking about that yes, because we're about that. to change subjects. Yeah. We have with us Mr. Brian Collin. Uh, you know what I found out last night? What? That's not how you say it. Colon. Colon rhymes with bowling. Colon. Bowling. Colon. Colon. Okay. Like Colin Powell. Okay. Well, there, there you go. go. That's great. Well, Brian's great for you to be here. Tell us what you do. Tell, tell the group what you do here, brother. Um, what I do here is sit and talk into a microphone. <laughs> but normally there what I go. do, what I'm known for is making video games. And I've been making them since 1982. And I just came in at the last part of whatever the heck it was you were talking about. But I'm sorry we changed the subject because head-to-head is a phrase we coined at Midway really? in 1983 or four. Because most of the games I did that I preferred to do, that I designed, were head-to-head games. What a segue. I'm telling you. Excellent. Excellent. So, so tell, us, tell us your history, where you worked and where you came from. I started at Midway. I thought I was getting a job as a uh, pinball glass designer because I was an animator with a real nice uh, pen and ink. It's kind of cartoony style. Gotcha. And they said, no, we're gonna, we need an animator for video games. And I thought, video games, that's not my style at all. But, you know, they were willing to pay me real money, so I took the job. And it was a perfect time to stumble into the industry. First game I worked on was Discs of Tron. Then games like Spy Hunter. And then they let me reskin a game, and I turned it into Cosmic Cruiser. And back then, they would let us try everything. They would let us do what we wanted. I don't think they knew what designers did because they were adamant about never calling us designers but they let us do anything we wanted to do it was a very free fun wonderful time to stumble into this fairly new industry and then as an artist programmers worked on one one game for six nine months artists worked on every game in the department so i get got to learn what 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 I got to learn from other people's mistakes, not just my own. And you got to know that you could try things and they would let you. So there isn't a game that came out of Midway in the 80s, after 82, that I didn't touch in some way. I worked on Spy Hunter, I, Cosmic Cruiser, Demolition Derby, Sarge, then uh, games like I'm best known probably, though, which is what I should have started off with because they've all tuned out by now. I sh- I'm best known for doing Rampage, coming up with the idea, and then when my boss said no and his boss said no, going straight to the president until I got the answer we wanted. Because we all that came, we all that wanted to do it knew it was going to be a great game, and we were proved right. It broke every earnings record ever up to that time. I'm going to breathe now because I haven't breathe, breathed, taken a breath in a while. Well, go ahead, David. And you you mentioned head-to-head. Rampage is a perfect example of a head-to-head game where, you know, of course you could be competing against each other or working cooperatively on that game. So that was probably one of the first games that had that that feature. I'm sure if I thought about it, there may have been been others. We were just given a 
load of lightsabers. Oh, and Brian wants a lightsaber. I'm sorry, I didn't want to say that out loud to appear no, greedy, okay. but the Look second I saw it, it's, I'm pointing. I'm pointing across the table, going, "I want one." I, I think want you one. can I want one. select the color whether you want to be a Jedi or a Sith. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what am I? Oh, mate. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. No, you don't get to pick the color. The sword picks you, you, or the lightsaber picks you. You cannot see this at home, but we are at odds right now. (laughs) And then, which is another perfect segue, because we're at odds about your last statement. Rampage is the exception to the rule of head-to-head. Sarge was head-to-head. Our tribals was head-to-head. Pigskin was head-to-head. Any game where it was you against a friend was head-to-head. Rampage was the great exper- experiment of mine that one of the reasons, that after I went over my boss's head and he said no, the vice president loved it, but he said, but are you fighting the other players or are you working with them? And I said, there, is no, you'd like to do. there is no wrong way to play this game. It's not a head. To, it's not a sports competition. So Rampage was kind of the exception, but in terms of head-to-head games, I love making multiplayer games and head-to-head games because two people of, if, with, a, with the right programmer and the right designers, two people with completely different skill sets can still have fun playing against each other, even if one guy's a champion and one guy's just saw it for the first time. If the game is done properly, you know nothing is more rewarding than playing Rampage when you have a player on one side and a player on the other, and the subway car comes out. Uh, it just you know it's- I just watched two nine-year-olds in the booth I've got here. Uh, one of the uh, the uh, video game museum was nice enough to supply me with a beautifully restored game down here. They put in my booth and. Uh, I've been watching people, moms, dads, kids, grandparents playing with the, you know, that's one of the other nice things about Rampage is that it, it, it resonates with so many. But I was just watching little brothers tell each other, no, no, stand over there. And when the train comes, you got to hit it my way. And it just, it's like, I haven't heard that since I was watching the test game, you know, 30 some years ago. So when you designed it, do you know you were going to do that? Do what? Do the... The, the, the subway. Yes. Subway. Yeah, we did, but we didn't expect players to find it for months. Really? But, oh, yeah, but one of the things I learned early on is players find everything and a whole lot sooner than you think they're going to. That so that, that always makes design a challenge. You think you're, I mean, players find stuff quicker than you think. They discover stuff quicker, but you've got to put it in there. Otherwise, the game loses interest over a while. Sure. And Rampage had legs, which was nice. Go ahead, Joe. We have a, a new voice you're about to hear. This is Joe, who's one of the uh, co-owners of the uh, uh, of the Game Preserve down in. But he's gonna he's gonna ask Brian a question. No, no, no. I'm not gonna ask. I'm not Make gonna a ask comment. a question. But there's something that I noticed because I was in the arcade and I played Rampage. But a quarter to us was the most precious thing back in the day. Absolutely, we played. You had to, be careful about which game you exactly. pick. What's going to give you the most entertainment for the amount of quarters exactly. that you had? And you played the game where you could last the longest. But when you played Rampage, at the end of the level, everybody meleeed each other and beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> everybody beat the hell out of each other. And they didn't care about their quarter anymore. 
about their their energy bar, their power bar. Right, right. They just kept punching each other over and over again. That was the best part of the game for me. That is a very astute observation because, I mean, we, we had two clients, basically, as game designers. The operator wanted the kid off in that next quarter in 30 seconds, and the kid wanted to live forever. And we had to make them both happy. So in any game we ever did, and that's a perfect example, is you can cooperate, you can all live as long as possible, but we also knew that the comedy of just turning around and smacking that guy that you were playing with cooperatively was going to take your health level down and you were going to get off that much quicker. And it's that kind of subtlety that made those little creative challenges that the players don't really notice, but we notice because the earnings get up because they're getting off the game. I, I, and my favorite one, though, is our Rivals, which I can't take credit for. Jeff Nauman came up with this. It's a time-based basketball game, right? The period ends. The clock runs out. Sure. Does the game stop? No. And players never notice this, but the game does not stop, or the, qu- the, the quarter does not time out when the time runs out on the timer. When, when your quarter runs out, the, you keep playing for free until the ball is about to go into the basket, and then the game Really? Oh, yes. wow. So we need Talk to test this about out. a quarter sucker. So, so you can take that game, and you can play it all you want. Just don't shoot the basket. Well, it doesn't last forever, but it gives yeah. you at least yeah. another minute. It gives you another minute or so. It, I'm sorry. It gives you at least another minute. Uh, my arm got tired and it fell into my lap, but it was just pushed back up for me. Um, yeah, no, that was one of the best, my favorite quarter-sucking story because we're actually cheating for the player. We're giving them extra time, but we stopped that. Jeff, stop that ball right before it went into the basket. And then you had to put in the next quarter to find out if you were going to get it in or not. It, it, it was really silly as kids, like going back to Rampage, where, talking about the quarter, right? How you would kind of test the limits of the games. And let, yeah, tell yeah, you. Okay, let me go underwater with my <laughs> arm up in the air, and let's see how long I last. And let me die that way so I can see how long I last underwater. It's ridiculous, but I did that. You know, one thing that... I think was really good about Rampage and some other games you've been involved with is how easy it, like, you walk up to Rampage, you don't have to learn any combo moves, or you can play it immediately, you you know what you're supposed to be doing, boom, you're you're playing, you know, there's no learning curve. And you made some Mega Touch games, right? And they're infamous for, I can walk up to this machine, know what to do immediately. We did, yeah, we did several Mega Touch games where we tried to make them full-on 3D. I'm playing tennis. We didn't want to make clutter up the screen with characters. The ball's coming at you. It's a touch screen. Touch the ball. That's all you had to do. It's going back over the net. Now, whether it goes high, low, left, or right, or you slide your finger across it, you could add English, you could add, you know, whatever. Um, but my... I. I'm not the best game player. I love designing games, but I would like to make games, as I call them, idiot-proof, so I can play them. That's the whole point. I'm making games for me, and, and the fact that other people happen to like them, I've just been blessed. And I'm just well, you know, and I think the simplicity is where we're at, because 
you talk about games that are all these these fighter games where you got these six or seven buttons. You got to double hit that one, double hit this one, move the joystick up, right, left, down. I cannot play those games. Cannot do anything. But give me a game, Pong. All I got to do is move that bat bar. I can play that game all day long. And and your game, the Rampage game, I'd never played it before until we got it into our arcade. Joe has one. He brought it into our arcade. I said, I've never seen this. I'm like, oh, my God. No, never. I grew up in a little country town. We were lucky to get anything. So I got to play this this Rampage game, and immediately hit that button. Oh, that hits. That jumps. Got it. Here we go. This climbs. I can play this game because I don't have 14 buttons to figure out. Well, and the fun thing, especially about when we did it, we had so few resources in terms of sprites to deal with. The fact that the characters were big and they needed their full set of animations was one thing. But we could come up with so many little gags that were just tiny. You know, you hit the guy on the toilet, you get a face full of water. You know, if the, if the, you know, a two-step animation, if the light is on and you punch the sign, you're going to get electrocuted. If the light is off... You're fine. You're fine. Those little subtle things. Oh, I'm kind of interrupting you, but I remember a part that I thought was awesome. The manhole. Oh, yes. You punch down at the manhole, it bounces up, and then you punch it across the screen. And the game within a game within Rampage, whether you're playing uh, ping pong with the subway car or the manhole was was one of my favorites, you know, you, you... that sniper's coming out of the manhole. Get it while it's open, and then you can smash that thing. That was part of the fun of making it. I mean, we could just sit there and talk every day and say, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with this? And later levels had like a like a lightning that would hit you, right? Uh, like if you, once you made it so far, I remember lightning coming out and would strike you, right? Well, now in World Tour, if you, you could eat anybody you want, but if you ate a group of nuns, Lightning would strike you. Yeah, I mean, there are consequences to there are consequences to your actions. We we just had fun. You can tell when we were making it, we had fun, both of them actually. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. I know you have your own company now. It's I'm about to say the game Refuge, but I think I'm pronouncing it wrong, aren't? No, no, it's Game Refugee. No, it's Game Refuge. It's okay, Game Refuge. Okay. And I actually can't talk about anything we're doing now. We just finished um, the Spectre Files Deathstalker, which was which is an interactive was supposed to be a laser disc game that I shot thirty years ago. And when Doc Mack at the Galloping Ghost found out about it and found out I still had the footage, he commissioned us to finish the game and it is a it's a riot. It's a Interactive mystery science theater, if you will. That is that is so awesome. That's so great. Yes, sir. I was. I just. We just. As we are seeing people walk by, I just saw. I'm just going to make this super quick so we can get back to uh, get back to Brian. Oh, well, is that one going to reach? Oh no, you Brian, Yeah, Brian has to kind of. He's he's losing his voice anyway. Well, Brian, listen, we really, really do appreciate you coming out. We're glad you're here. We love what you're doing, your artwork. We obviously love the games. You've got a bunch of video heads here that just love your games. We love your work. We'd like to see you, and we look forward to and your work. We love you coming to these shows. You're such a nice person the, to talk about all this stuff. We love hearing the stories of, you know, of... Oh, wait, we have a, we have a question. We have a question from the audience. One more quick thing. That... Eric brought up to me. He goes, "You remember we were back? We were kids in an arcade. 
did you ever think that you would actually pal around with the creator of the arcade game that you played as a child? And it's really amazing. Thank you. You guys have no idea. You talk about me coming to the shows as if it's a hardship or for it's an... This is the most fun I've had in 30 years. 30 years ago, when the games were on test, I'd hang out in the arcades and I would watch your face and your face and your face and that made it for me. That was the best thing about making games. And now coming to these shows, seeing it all over again and I never thought I'd see it again. This is wonderful. And I try to keep me from coming back to this show. Well, we, we know that you're coming down to the Houston show in I am. October. Fantastic. We're so happy right. to have you again. And we will probably talk to you again then. And hopefully I will have a little beverage sitting by so I can not go. lose my we voice as quick it. as I did we, tonight. We need, next time we do this, we need to have water ready. Brian, thanks I didn't again. say Appreciate water. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks, Thank, thanks, much, thanks again, Brian. Thank you for thanks, stopping Brian. by. All right. Now, as I was saying, while we sit here, it's kind of fun. And let's let's bring him. You know, let's yeah, come come around that way. We have people that walk by, like, oh, there's, you know, so and so. That now, now who we have? If you're if you're into pinball at all, you know the name that we're about to say next. Not the name of the person, but the name Pinside. Pinside. What is Pinside? Pin, what is Pinside? Never heard of Pinside. Pinside has been, well, you know what? Let's first make a, do our introductions. Yeah. Who who are we talking to? Hey, how are you? I'm Robin. Hey, Robin. <laughs> so Robin is the creator and yeah, creator, yeah. of of Pinside and the I don't main, you know, maintained the website, have created the website. Yep. And that started when? So, I think the original website dates back from 2002. When I did like a, I decided to do a database on, on pinball games, I saw the whole, uh, well, the, the whole closure of Bally Williams, you know, and I was just getting into pinball, and it was such a shame. So I thought I got to document this, you know, for myself, build a database, and uh, it was actually a database written in Access, which is like, a, I mean, it's like a, it had like a five user maximum. So it was a website that only allowed five users at the at the time. Wow. And then, so that's how it kind of started. And so it started not really as a forum, but as a way to just keep up, keep a, as you said, a database, a archive yeah. of pinball. Exactly. Yeah. And so everything I, I, pinball. I was like collecting uh, images, you know, photos that I took at the Dutch Pinball Open, and you know, just trying to document everything I saw and everything I played. And was it in English at this time? It was. Yeah. Because I was I was uh, frequenting uh, RGP at the time, not posting a lot, but reading a lot, and uh, that was all English. I thought, yeah, let's just uh, do it in English, and it will be you know useful for people from France and Germany. I didn't even think about America at that time, but you know, just oh, wait, uh, wait, 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 English? What is this? You're not from, you're not from <laughs> that's not you're your not native from language. Southeast Texas? <laughs> I'm not from Southeast Texas. No, I'm not. That's the accent. <laughs> That's because I always come here, I think. <laughs> Y'all. Y'all, there you go. <laughs> He's got it. He's got oh, you like barbecue. You like barbecue now? Yeah. I, I mean, I. Uh, Marcus has been take, taking me to all these strange places here, but. Uh, yeah. Well, we don't. Yeah, we don't need to know about that. <laughs> That's so. Where Where exactly are you founded? Where's Where's Where are you from? Bro? So So we're about forty kilometers north. Oh, kilometers. kilometers. What's uh, a kilometer? So we're about twenty-five miles. 
north of Amsterdam. Ah, that's great. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the ribbing. We're, we're we really yeah. enjoy it. The Pentide has been such a, a, a boon for all the, the Pens. I use it all. We look at it all, all the time. It's just great. We appreciate what you oh, guys cool. Thanks. So you started Pinside in 2002. How long before you added the forum aspect of it? Um, I think it was 2007. And I, I always thought it was a bad idea. I still think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how long, when did, when, how long did it take you to realize you might regret that, that, that forum piece? Well, my brother kept pre- pressing it. He said, we we got to have a forum, you know, because the thing was we had people visiting once, you know, and then they never came back, you know. And there's a lot of people in the world. So, but still, I mean, he said we we got to have something for people to come back to, right? Oh, sorry. We, we need a fourth yeah. microphone here. We need another microphone. I'm giving up my microphone. Hang on just a minute. Please introduce yourself. Oh, hello. Uh, I'm Martin, and uh, I'm a, co- a co-founder of Pinsight. So we, uh, I work together with my brother. I'm not sure if you can hear me, but... All right, so... See if you can talk a little bit louder because of how noisy it is in here. If you can't, no, no problem. So you guys started it in conjunction. This was a team effort with you two uh, back in '02. Yeah, so so we were working at the same company at the time. And uh, we were doing stuff in um, ASP, which is like a... It's now it's an ancient programming uh, language, I think. But back then, um, that's what we used. And in our boss's time, we kind of worked on the, on the Pinside database and uh, my brother was all into databases so he, he taught me how to transfer my, my access database to MySQL and then we could you know we could create a site that more people could visit and um, and so yeah he pushed for that forum and I think that's when it really took off right and it's beyond any other pinball forum or you know it's, a, it's huge now how many how big is it how many users are on it Unique users are there. Uh, so we got about almost fifty thousand users. Wow! But not not all of them are active because people leave the hobby. Sure. You know? So I guess um, if you look at like the last year, it would be around twenty two thousand, something like that, active users. Do you have like a uh, what's an average number of posts per day? Like, uh, I don't know. Do you know it? Um, well, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Too much to read. Too many. Sure. Too many. How many posts? Yeah, how many posts we per day? Probably close to 300 to 400 different threads a day. Okay. Threads. So there's probably many thousands of right. posts per, per day. Yeah. And very, you know, categorized. So if you want to go in and get some tech, you know, some technical assistance, easy to index and search for what you're looking for. If you want to just speculate about what game Stern's going to make next, <laughs> you can do that as yeah. well. Well, there's lots of that going on, for sure. <laughs> and the other manufacturers as well. I mean, uh, I think people still don't know what Jersey Jack's going to do, although there's some rumors. Do you ever get any insight uh, to, uh, to any of this? Well, we get, all, we get all the leaks, right, from Stern. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that shows us something. Right, right. So, oh. Yeah, so, you got a good question. Sorry, I was handed a question from somebody. Let's go to the audience. <laughs> So why are you here at TPF this year? I mean, how, you know, got to be That's up. what I keep wondering. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I think uh, of all the of all the festivals, this is probably one of the uh, one of the biggest. And you know, it's everyone seems to be here, and there's a great vibe. There's a lot of energy going on here. 
It is. Um, it really is a good one. And it seems, we were talking about this earlier, it seems like the manufacturers kind of make an effort to bring their new stuff here. It's kind yeah. of become the show where let's exhibit our, you know, let's let's make, well, let's wait, let's put it at TPF. We talked to Charlie Emery a little bit earlier. He unveiled his new pinball machine just a few hours ago. It's We were hoping to see the new Stern machine this, you know, yeah, this I was, weekend. I was going to say, I mean, they even have game reveals here now. I mean, that used to be, uh, oh, my God, that's cute. Oh, no. Ah! Oh, we're being attacked by lightsabers and how did you vanish? Oh, kill me. This is just what happens. (laughs) Yeah, this is just what happens. Folks just showed up. Uh, Keith Christian, the uh, orchestrator of the Houston Arcade Expo, just came flying up with us and and screaming at everybody. (laughs) They all have lightsabers now and they're attacking everybody around town. But this is what happens. We're certainly glad you guys are here. Are you are you making this an extended trip? Of are you getting to see some other things in Texas while you're here? Yeah, we're planning on going to Ohio next week. There's another show there. So uh, how long are you gonna be in Texas? Uh, till you, Monday. You can go to Houston. I, I, I want to go. I want to go there, but it's always on my daughter's birthday. So. Uh, oh. Well, you were you came down a couple of years ago. That that man right there. You we were at his house. Yeah, and you tried crawfish, boiled I'm crawfish. I'm still recovering from that night. <laughs> so so Keith makes makes a really bad moonshine. Yeah. And yeah, I moonshine. and I swear I only had one glass. But yeah. moonshine's okay. good stuff. I'm still recovering. Yeah, let's we're taking, see. We're taking questions from the audience now. Hey, hey, Robin, as a, as a member of Pinside, which I don't post much, you know, I don't frequent too much, the thing that I think is the most awesome about the website and the forums is showcase game room, showcase your game room, yeah. game room gallery, whatever, that when people post photos of their game rooms and their collections, and wow, look at the artwork on the wall. Oh look! What is what is that? I want that too. Oh look at that title! I've never seen that. Or the way they set it up, the the, the color, the schemes of their game rooms, is what kind of gets you kind of pumped up about the hobby. Yeah. So that's my favorite part. I what usually click in there and see what's going on, and if somebody wants to kind of share their game room photos, it kind of excites me a whole and lot. now one I don't of my know favorite threats on Pinside looking at, at the game rooms uh, from all over the world really and uh, the way I mean people come up with ingenious, uh, intuitive ways to like get more games into your place right I mean we all know this this problem right you're, I think we all have point, that problem your house is full right and then you're like oh, well maybe well, I, we don't really need a dishwasher you know <laughs> And, and it's fun to see that, how people break down walls, you know, or just extend their house a little bit to fit in more games. And I don't know how long you've been, <laughs> I don't know how long you've been doing this, but you have kind of these featured stories on the main page of people who kind of tell their, you know, how they got into pinball, how they got into obtaining their first pinball machines and what it means to them. That's, and it kind of rotates, it's, it, you know, through people, you know, uh, on the, on the, main page yeah. you know that's a that's a cool thing that you do as well yeah man i, th- I think it's uh, it's fun to uh to read all these stories how people got into the hobby and it's always uh it's always kind of follows the same pattern really where people played it as a kid and then they they lost track of it for a while and then they come into contact again and they were like oh wow i can i can actually buy these and 
you know, put them in my home. And uh, So when are you going to take over for the Internet Pinball Database and just move all that over to your site so you can be just the go-to website for everything pinball-related? Well, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I, I want to take over the IPDB. I mean, Jake's doing a great job maintaining that. And, um, I mean, it's it's an authority, really. Of course, I'm just I kidding, mean, you know. Because but Pinside is maintainable by users, right? So it's, IPDB is too, but I think it's more closely monitored, you know. It's like, yeah, it's more like a, like a Wikipedia kind of thing. So, no, I think that's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's better to have that separate, really. This, this is the question I wish I could have always asked. But I know your website is pin geared, pinball geared, everything pinball. Where do you stand on the love of arcade games? We were just and, talking and about webs- that. Hey, and websites like Clove. And you mean? That, and you know, the dark side, the light side, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Where's your stand on that? And do you have any love for the arcade machines? You mean, when are we going to start arcade side? <laughs> do you do you have any arcade machine? Any video games? Uh, we have one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. So, so my brother's my brother's actually the arcade guy. Uh, back when we were we had arcades in our town, he would be playing like uh, what's it called? Like the, the, with the monkey. The, with the monkey, Donkey Kong. Or Donkey Kong. There's only one. No, there's like a monkey, and he spits balls out uh, of his. Uh, it's, to- it's Toki. Oh, Toki, yeah. Toki. Toki. Oh yeah, you know that one, Joe? Well, he was he was playing Toki all night. And he kept uh, throwing in money, and, you know, and he was really good at it. And I was just like, ah, I'll play pinball. That's uh, muscle. That's more for me. But <laughs> so, well. Barry, since you're sending messages to us, why don't you just come on down here? Leave. Puzzle Raven. We'll never shut him up. <laughs> well, he also ask a question in the audience. We only have so much battery power on this laptop. Exactly. Come on over here, Barry. <laughs> but to to answer the the question uh, of of the audience. Uh, about the arcade side, arcade side, yeah. Oh, well, maybe we might, uh, uh, maybe we might consider uh, doing something with arcades in the future. So never say never. We're thinking about how easy is it to get pinball machines in your country? Oh, it's fairly easy. Not all titles, of course. I mean, especially the, like the spooky titles, for instance. It's but hard m- to more come so by. like, like for us, it's really we can go on Craigslist and. Find or pin games. side, or pin side. <laughs> oh, sorry. And I get to get uh, used games. How is the market there for like if you wanted to find a Black Knight? How easy is it to get an older game like that? It's not that easy in the Netherlands. I mean, we have one we have one main um, classified site, and stuff comes up there. I mean, there's there's plenty of pinball, you know, to buy. But if you're looking for specific titles, it's gonna it's gonna be harder. So. You're gonna have to go to Germany or uh, maybe France to find to find the, the more rare titles, right? But all in all, I mean, it's not too difficult to uh, to get into pinball and you know start start playing and collecting. Oh, uh, we have, hand that one oh. to him. This one has Ro- a short Robin, cord. Robin, we had a friend that lived here in town in Houston. He got relocated for work to Australia. Do you know about this? There is a shortage of pinball and arcade games in Australia. Oh, he's behind you, uh, Joe. Yeah, he's walking this. Yeah, no, 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 okay. Joe, carry on with your question. Okay, okay. He loaded a <laughs> container for Australia, his entire collection. 
he made a killing down there. Oh, yeah? They were so clamoring. They- a frogger down there goes for thousands of dollars. Well, over here is pennies on the dollar, right? Yeah. But I just thought it was fascinating how Australia is just dying. It's thirsty for arcade, pinball, anything coin-operated over there. Yeah, it's weird, right? I, I think they, uh, they got into the game too late. <laughs> so what's what's next for Pinside? What's next for Pinside? I don't know. World domination. <laughs> well, look, here, let me ask you a better question then. So I understand. I've had a website since 1999, and, I, and I've maintained it. I've got a couple of websites. The question is, how do you keep yours running? What's it take to, to, to finance Pinside? What does it take to finance Pinside? And how can other people that appreciate Pinside help you out? Okay, uh, two questions, though. Uh, so what does it take? I mean, Pinside doesn't need a lot of resources technically. We got a big, beefy server, of course, to, to, uh, well, to run the site, to host all the images that people upload, which is quite a lot. And, um, but I think the, most, the, main, uh, the main thing we need is, is time, right? To, uh, you know, to work on the site, work on new features, but also uh, fix bugs or help people out. And um, and the way people can help is uh, well, you can you can become a, like a donating member. So we got this uh, the, on the donations page. We got like a plus membership, and uh, and that's that's the way we generate income, and that's how we can uh, can work on the site. I can only imagine how much all that bandwidth costs for you. So, well, uh, the bandwidth is the bandwidth is not the main factor in, in the cost, but it it really is the time I think. And um, we're going to be upgrading to a new server soon. So, someone is taking a Polaroid picture of us right now. Oh my <laughs> God! Not again. That's, yeah. he, maybe he wants the microphone for a second. What do you no, think? He doesn't. No, 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 he really doesn't. <laughs> no, it's the other way. We don't we want don't him want to have the, the microphone. You for know him. what I'm going to say, right? Yeah. No. Oh, we've already oh, oh, yeah. oh, no. oh. We talked about the arcade. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we have many, many times. Eric, love yeah. you. Yeah. Love yeah. you. Yeah. Robin, yeah. love you. Yeah. Love you, You know, perhaps you could give us your opinion on this product that was placed here just a few minutes ago by Ed. Have you seen that? I have not. And maybe we what should, like, this? make our assessment live. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have – so Ed came by through this front out from – the Ball Baron. Ninja. Ball Ball Aaron. Ball Baron. B-A-R-O-N. Ball Baron Ball makes Baron. these new things called Ninja Ultra Polish Pinball. American Steel. I mean, yeah, we're all taking them out of the package yeah. right it's American, now. To... It's American Steel. That's that's fortunate in these times, I think. It is. American Steel is different. They are wrapped up. We're probably going to need some paper to wipe our balls off. No, these, are, these don't have the layer of oil on, on them that, that other things do. Yeah. Well, it looks looks good. I don't, you know, sometimes. You can't get mine out. Are these like the mirror glaze balls that we used to have? I don't know. Oh, no. He just came. He up. came, dropped them off. The polished ultra ultra polished pinballs, ninja ultra polished pinballs. They don't have any oil on them. No oil. Yeah, you take them out of the bag. These, so these balls feel pretty smooth. Ball Baron. B a l l b a r o n dot com. Uh, six seven. I know six seven eight area code. That's Kennesaw, Georgia. That's outside of Atlanta. Uh, uh, so, so, you know. Okay, we're all we're all 
sidetracked by this, we're, checking yeah, them we're, out. We're unwrapping but, balls at the moment. You know, <laughs> ask Robin about our pinside boxers. Pinside boxers? I, what? I think you'll, you'll, do we really? Need, I think Mark has to explain that. that. Is, Look, we're going from this to that. Uh, Wait, that's too much. Levit- yes, it is. Are these? Are, put it in your mouth and blow are these anti-magnetic? Thank you, Marcus. Well, I don't. I don't, know, oh, I don't think they're anti-magnetic. They feel a bit sticky. They feel sticky. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Well, I can say that they're round. They're round. They, they feel. They, they feel shiny. like. They oh, feel like the what? appropriate weight. Hang on, just a minute. And they're polished. Yeah, okay. Hey, if you stare into it, you can see your future. All right, course. we've had this lull in broadcasting, so we let's let's see if we can get back on. Uh, yeah, on. but as a matter of fact, what we've got here. Oh, we can compare it to. Brand new. From, Marco, that's from Marco, Marco right? Pinball. I have so many of those tubes. Yeah, I do, too. What do you do with the tubes? Yes, they probably have oil on them, but that's all right. We got, we got frags to wipe them off. We can do a roll test and see which one rolls. There you uh, go. There you go. Rolls better. Here. Would you, would you do the honors and wipe my balls off this? Oh, yeah, just a second. G-rated. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> These are pinballs. You heard it here first. Right? You heard it here first. That's Robin, it. Robin's polishing the way. There we go. Okay, so we have a comparison. Okay, so we have uh, one brand new okay. one from a just a popular distributor. This is a scientific test. Just a second. So, so Sci- which one that you just put them down? Which one is the ninja ball? The, one the, on the, the shinier, the one on the right. He doesn't think, know now. I think the, the I one can, on the left. This yeah, is the, this, yeah. Is, this can be because kind of like is, the Pepsi challenge. This, this is a sticky ball. That's the ninja ball. Okay. It feels a bit sticky, and the other one has oil on it. So. Yeah. Okay, oh. let's see how far they roll. Yeah. They, I think this uh, is the extent uh, yeah, of what we can do with it. There you it, go. So. There you go. They, the look, they look about the same. But. It's about head to head, I guess. Joe, lay down and we'll put it on your chest. You know what? We'll see which one rolls. You faster. do them like uh, pinball balls. And yeah. Right? Yeah, exercise balls. Pinball. You can put them down. Say which one's which. I think this is ninja balls. Actually, ninja ball looks a little duller than the. Uh, which one's which now? Mm. The other no, we don't know because we wiped it off. I don't know now. Yeah, yeah, but it's tough to tell the difference. So, comparative, they look the same size. They look like they're about the same size. They look. They, they seem time. equally bald to me. Yeah. So, Robin, seeing this show, I know you've been here before. Y'all, you, you and your brother have been here before. Is there anything here this weekend that stood out to you? Uh, I played uh, the new Pirates game last night. Yeah, and your opinion? And I spoke to Eric, and uh, I'm blown away, man. That, that game looks amazing. And I just saw the new uh, Spooky game, and same thing. Been blown away. It's a working guillotine. It, it's a beautiful game, and I mean, if I had money, I would have a tough choice. Now, last year they had. had last year I we had it all getting here. <laughs> we had TNA Total Nuclear Annihilation. I'm, I'm sure you played that last year. Now that you've seen the finished product, what do you think? Uh, well, last year I had a blast playing it, so I haven't really played this one, but uh, I'm amazed at what happened in this in one year. Because last year when I played it, there was no one around. No artwork on it. And and the game was empty with, with marker art. Yeah. And and Scott was there and he was explaining the rules a little bit. And we were just playing, you know, no one around really. And now this year there's like a freaking line, you know. If you and want there to, are five of them here. Yeah. And you just can't, can't play it. Right. So, uh, I mean, that's what happens in a year. And that's, I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to the gallery again. Back to, back to the audience. Okay. 
everybody has a title that pulls at your heartstrings. Okay? All these new games, buzzers, flashes, what that that's all cool. But like when I first got introduced to pinball, I was at a place here in Houston called Super Track, and a girlfriend of mine came came and grabbed me by the arm and said, Come look at this machine. A hand comes out from underneath the playfield and grabs a ball. And we both ran over there. And when I saw it, it introduced me to what pinball was and excited me. I want to know what is the game from when you were growing up that you connected with both of y'all that you felt connected with and like, this is where it excites me. This is my title. Okay. Well, I got to say Earthshaker is one of those. Yeah, Earthshaker is the one, eh? Yeah, we uh, we were camping with with our parents, eh? Yeah. And my brother was my brother was a really good player compared to me. I sucked, you know. And he was a bit older, of course, and uh, he was playing that game. And man, yeah, we can. Rem- I can remember that game. Uh, it was, I think, it's an '89 game. So, uh, yeah, '89. '89, and I can remember uh, I was playing it, and the the. the uh, the earth it separated and it was really it was really cool yeah that was when we first uh, fought wow that was the wow factor I think you were talking about yes, that yeah and, and that's when we uh, first uh, got our love of pinball uh, and I think uh, a few years later when we started coll- uh, collecting that was it started there yeah so which was the first game that each of you acquired well the first game we 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 got wasn't the game we acquired, but we got it from a friend. Um, it was uh, Doctor Who. Wow! And this this friend of ours, he walked, he worked for a moving company, and he called me one one day and he said, "I got this game from a cafe that that went bankrupt or something." And and the owner said, "You can have it, but my dad doesn't want it in the house. Can I put it in your place?" And I had like this this little hobby space where I played with a band and all. And I said, "Sure, let's let's put it in there." And uh, you know, I hadn't seen a pinball machine for quite a few years. Had no idea what they looked like on the inside. So we got this game, and we, we put it on its legs. And the first thing I did, I did was lift the playfield, and I was like, "Wow!" You know, I didn't know, I didn't know all that stuff was in there. And uh, that was amazing, really. I can remember that he called me or something, and he said, "We have a pinball machine." And I said, "No way." We have a pinball machine, and I went went over straight. And I can remember uh, the first evenings we playing it. Uh, we played it. We played it hours, uh, hours uh, long. Hours straight, yeah, yeah. Just this one machine, and uh, it was really crazy. And that's what was when we started thinking, okay, we can buy pinball machines. Are there more available? And we uh, started browsing uh, the web. And yeah, because that's such a weird realization when you when you're like, wait a second, you know. Of course, these games are, you know, you can buy them. They're around. They're like on second-hand websites. And we started browsing around, and we're like, wow, you know, we can, we can, we can purchase games. We can build a collection. And then we started buying like one game. You know, that was a and the first like game the we bought was Twilight Zone. You buy one, then you buy thirty. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> it's like they get uh, they. There are all the, this offspring, you know, and it was a lot easier too because they were so cheap back then. Right, right. That's that's the problem we all face now. But once again, it's a good problem that so many of these are being made now. So many people are interested in it. We're having such a resurgence of pinball right now. You know, it's, it's a great. I don't know. I think it's a great time to if you're into this. Oh yeah. Well, 
I would really like to thank you guys for, for stopping by. Oh, thanks for having and, us. And, man, we love the website. Of course, it's, you know, hopefully you guys are going to be around. The website will be around forever. <laughs> Wait, what, what's what's the ad, what's the web URL again? Uh, www. <laughs> so, no, it's pinsite.com. Excellent. Once again, thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you what for what you're doing for for us. Thanks. This. Thanks for and having us. Enjoy the festival. Cool. Good. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. All right. Well, <laughs> Rusty, what do you want to do now? Are you you want to stop it at this point, or do you want to keep talking? No, we're going to. Joe says no. We got to keep going. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, so I don't think we made it through all the uh, our little checklist. You, oh, <laughs> okay. Trust yeah, yeah. Hand them the new I'm trying one. to give him trying to give him my balls, and he just didn't want them. So, uh, yeah, but let's talk a little about a few of the other things uh, that we saw out here. The Jersey Jack. He has a new Pirates of the Caribbean's pinball, right? And he has a new dialed-in pinball. We've seen both of those games are here. Both of them. I have. I've seen him play the dial-in. I was impressed with that. I have not seen. The new Pirates of the Caribbean uh, one by Jersey Jack. Uh, have you had a chance to play that one? I've seen it, but I was not able to play it. I've been told that we need to turn your microphone up a little bit. I'm going to do that right now. Oh, mine there? There we uh, go. I, once again, long line. Once the show hits midnight, we'll be they'll kick all the people out and the exhibitors. The public, yeah, the public gets to go out, and then we actually get to come in and play a little bit. So that's... That's 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 where we get to actually get to start having our fun so today. So all these games that I didn't get a chance to play, we'll we'll play then. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that that would be false for you, because the one thing that I like what Eric told me is like he comes up here first for the camaraderie, for the hanging around, the talking about games. Maybe you'll play maybe two games this weekend. Well, I'll play the stuff that I've never played before. And maybe I'll play, I did play that Pong Table. Yeah, what did you think of that? That was amazing. I don't think you were here yet, but the, they, the, we interviewed the company. Wow. And it, they're coming to the Houston show. What, what fascinated me is, like, I wanted to know the mechanics of the machine. What is actually it's driving a, that backwards and forwards? Is it, that's what I yeah. thought it was. Yeah. But it was really amazing. Yeah, that's some great games. Uh, Larry, Derek, there's there's things I do want to cover right quick that we did see out here. Uh, we did couple a couple of just about everything else we saw, but the things we noticed was let's talk about some of the homebrew games that we saw because there's some. So so we have the big manufacturers out there that's making a lot of really new, interesting games, big games, big popular games. There's making a thousands of them, but then we have these guys that are taking games and remaking them. Taking, repurposing them, reskinning them, and some guys that are making complete whole new games that have just really been kind of amazing. So, Spinal Tap. Where did Spinal Tap come from? And Spinal Tap was here before. I'm getting a little bit of feedback on what I should do with the microphone here. I'm going to turn mine back up a little bit, hold the microphone a little bit closer. Spinal Tap was or is a an old flat Bally Flash Gordon machine and he and you know I, I don't know who owns it so I can't ask him how he did it I don't know if he just sanded down the playfield 
started fresh with it, but completely rethemed an old pinball machine to his theme, to Spinal Tap. Did a really good job with it. Nice, sharp artwork. The the, the back glass looks fantastic on it. I was just really impressed with with that game. So there's where you take and Flash Gordon's a fun game to play anyway. It, it's a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a great one game. to begin with. It's a, a good double. Game. You know, it has an upper play field. Yep. You know, fun fun game. So you can take a, a good playing fun game that maybe has a bad uh, artwork or artwork you don't particularly like and turn around and make something like this and say, oh, we saw, we've got a raven here in our booth that has the original back glass. If you've ever seen a raven. An original terrible terrible back back glass. glass. And yet someone has taken a raven, very simply pulled it out, put a different translite in it, back glass, and it looks really nice. There's another game that somebody did. uh, The Premier, Gottlieb Premier Genesis. Ah, yes. has Has the alternate yeah, uh, translate on it as well. Yeah, that's a neat thing. And then you go to the next one too. One's called Polynesian. Oh yeah. wow, yeah, that was that was a. That's cool just one. crazy. Somebody, he t- it's a wooden game. Right. It looks like a wooden tiki tiki wood game. Right. It's an electromechanical. It's an older yep. one. It's an old EM. And I don't know. You know EMs better than I do. Did that playfield look like a? Did you think he started with a particular playfield, or do you think he just started from scratch? You know, I, I was trying to figure it out. I think he must, he. It, it looks to me like he started from scratch, but I, I'm just guessing because it's pretty sparse, and it's sparse because he's got these big clunky wooden things on the playfield. You know, the the tops of the the thumpers and stuff are wooden, and the stuff is is all wood. So it looks like it might be. A little uh, a custom because there's so few stuff on there, but I could be wrong. It, it but it it's really an interesting thing. Uh, he's, he's getting out. Sorry, we got distracted with something. And and next we saw. Now this was not a pinball machine, but this next one was Cuphead. A, Cuphead, and Cuphead I've never is seen that. Cuphead was a video game that came out on like the Xbox One. PS4, uh, Joe. Do you know when it, you know about Cuphead? That came out what about like maybe a half a year ago or so? Well, it's, it's been recently, but my son introduced me to that game, and he said, "Dad, it's won awards like worldwide." Yeah, the I mean, the artwork on it is kind of like you think of like Mickey Mouse, like the first one there. It's it's hey, the, Steamboat Willie, Steamboat Willie Steamboat kind Willie. of artwork. Anyway, the reason why it's here is somebody took a made a cabinet and it's not they didn't take an existing cabinet it looks like they made it from scratch looks kind of like a Nintendo cabinet I would say and made a cuphead arcade machine kind of like a few years ago people started making the Wreck-It Ralph uh, machines where they would put the computer in it's same same concept I guess so I guess there's probably an Xbox one inside that inside that thing but it looks great he did a fantastic job with the uh, with the conversion and the artwork of it all. One thing I did notice about that game, it kind of like got you excited again about like old school. It's almost like an old school feel to a brand new game. And it's actually a whole lot of fun. I'm not sure if you played it, Eric or Rusty. Yeah. Let's see. I've, was yeah. that the end of our list? Well, yeah, there was only two things left, and that was just a couple of the vendors that we saw. One was VB Cabs. VP as in virtual pinball, virtual pinball cabs. They are right here in front of our booth. They've got some really cool, short, skinny stand-up pinball. Since it's virtual pinball, it's on it's on screens that actually stands up. So you can have a pinball in your home, virtual pinball that 
it takes up less foot space. There's less space. So if you're limited on space, especially lengthwise, you can get a virtual pen that stands up and fits in there. So they, they've got some really nice, nice cabinets, nice-looking games over there. All right, Joe, what about you? Did, did you see anything here that really stood out to you? Are we putting you on the spot? Hey, no. Uh, my friends is my first priority. Hanging out and have a good time is my first priority. Um, wow. I saw a mousetrap. Oh. Which, which right. me and Eric kind of talked to each other like, did you play that back in the day? No. But it looks really, really neat. That's a kind of a unique game. It's back, you know, Pac-Man made so much money with such a hit. A lot of people, well, let's make something that's kind of like Pac-Man, and we'll put that, that's, you know, probably along the same lines of that, like, it's Pac-Man, but it's, you know, a mouse and dog and birds, <laughs> but it's kind of the same same concept. All right, is there yeah. anything else? And the do? other one thing we do certainly want to give a shout-out to is the folks at, at Marco's Specialties. Uh, they have a really good-sized booth this year. We've managed to, the game preserve picked up and bought a game through Marco Specialties um, and Stern. It's demoed here. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to be at the Preserve to be played on Tuesday. Those guys uh, did us a great deal. They've made a lot of great deals with people here. I bet you there's 25 games over there that they sold and brought out for people. All the Guardians of Galaxies, the Aerosmiths, the uh, the what Ken buy? He bought the the Metallica Metallica game, the ACDC games. There's so many over there that Marco bought. They really helping the pinball community and collectors here by being able to bring these games out at a price, the point that is good and affordable for the the folks to pick them up. So yeah, I think there was, there Marco's was, really there was done a great, great energy job. in that booth. It is, and you know, every time you each year that you see them, they started off, you know, had their little booth, and they had their scaffolding, yeah, their metallic scaffold. And now it's it's its own building over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, it really keeps getting does. bigger every year. Every year, every year, and and that, and it just shows the uh, how how well Marco responds to the uh, to the needs of our community, the pinball community. They really do a great job for us, and we're really happy that they're around. Right. Well, I think we've officially run out of things to talk we about. Pretty much have. anything you'd like to add? No, that's that's it. That's it. I'm certainly I've enjoyed doing this. The show is great. If you're anywhere close to Dallas and you're not here, you're missing out. And if you can't make it, make it next year. Yeah. And or make it to the Houston Expo. Houston let's, Arcade let's talk Expo. About that Absolutely. Again. On October 19th. Please talk about that. Is the Arcade Expo in, in Houston, Texas. At a new venue at the Houston the Marriott venue. West Chase. Absolutely. Better venue, bigger venue, is it Much not? Much larger. Much larger. And we're gonna. It's, I'm excited about it this year. I, I've, I've, my, my excitement has waned over the years, but this year I'm excited about this one. This is going to be a great it's be show. A blast. Going to be a nice big show. All right. Well, That's thank it. you for tuning in, and yep. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully, we'll have a new podcast coming out soon. A yeah. Q and A podcast. Send in your questions at podcast at arcaderepairtips.com. Yeah. All right. Well, there let's it sign is. off. All Sorry right. we, that we don't have the music. To, to <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>